Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Kenzie? I'm doing so well. It's so nice to like finally chat live. Yes. I've been following your Instagram for so many years now, so it's so cool to finally chat with you. Oh, I'm honored. Honestly, I'm so honored. Oh my gosh, no, I'm honored. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I have worked with a lot of dancers who have had similar paths to you, so I figured that it would be such a great conversation that we can bring to some of the younger dancers about your journey, your path, and, uh, you know, how you basically got to where you are now. So why don't we dive in? Hi, everyone. My name is Mackenzie Thomas, and I am 22 years old, and I am currently a professional dancer with Orlando Ballet. Awesome. That's kind of like a little overview about me. Yeah. Mackenzie, where did you train? So I actually started dancing when I was three, but I was more of a competition dancer. Mm -hmm. So I was you know, into contemporary, lyrical, jazz, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really get serious about dancing and into classical ballet until I was 15 okay. years old. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. Yeah, so I started pretty late, um, you know, compared to most girls. It was kind of stressful getting into the ballet world because I would look around me and see all these girls my age and they were so far ahead. And I was like, oh, no, should I be doing this? But I loved it. And so I was at a smaller school in Colorado Springs, where I was from, called Samuel Ballet School. So I was there for about two years. And that's where I kind of got like my, you know, like beginner training, which was really great because I really needed that. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up moving to Arizona to train at Master Ballet Academy. And I was there for about two and a half years. So that's where I really got the good classical training that got me where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't realize that your classical training really came on the later side. Yeah, it really came on the later side. And it's funny because when I talk to most people, they're like, there's no way that you started that late. And I was like, yeah, I <laughs> right. did. But, you know, I kind of use it to help younger dancers. You know, sometimes I have people reach out to me and they're like, can I start dancing, you know, at age 18 or 15? I'm like, you know, if you have that determination and hard work and you um, but I, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with having a good teacher too. You know, that plays a big part. So I was blessed in getting some really good teachers and good training. Yeah, that plays such a huge part. I also feel pretty lucky in regard to the training I had growing up that really helped give me uh, such a great framework for where it took me. Um, now, with that being said, there must have been a major learning curve for you. Um, you know, having been a competition dancer, 
in the more jazz, lyrical, like fun recital type stuff. And then you're going into Master Ballet Academy. I know it's an intense environment over there. I'm very familiar Mm -hmm. with the environment. Um, That must've been a major learning curve. So tell us a little bit about how that went. Sure, yeah. So, you know, when I first went to Master's, it was definitely a shock in a good way, you know, Mm -hmm. because just the technique that all the girls had was just incredible and I was just you know looking at everyone and thinking like oh my gosh I want to be just like them but um I had so many bad habits which I still do (laughs) you know there's still things that you know like you're never gonna stop working on you know until your career is finished but um just you know going from like having to work on turnout because you know in the jazz world and contemporary like I mean yes you still have that like ballet foundation but that's not as focused yeah. you know, in that realm. So mm-hmm. that was a major shift for me having to learn how to turn out properly. Mm-hmm. And also I, you know, struggled with like arching my back because, you know, it was just so much like moving your body and not having as much control. So yeah. it was a really big shift for me. Um, but I feel like in the end, it was such a good move for me to switch to that classical world because it helped me become a better dancer overall. Yeah, and I feel like that's such a a misunderstanding with a Mm -hmm. lot of, like, younger dancers. They'll think that very heavy classical training can be somewhat, like, um, so rigid, almost limiting to building a framework for other aspects of dance. But I actually agree with you. I think it's quite the opposite. I think having that framework um, only strengthens you and helps in regard to broadening your perspectives and what you can master in oh yeah for sure and um I actually ended up having a labrum tear like oh when was this oh my gosh it was was like almost a year ago or no over a year ago I had to think about it first I was like wow that was so long ago but I mean Mm. and it part of it was genetics but um I ended up having to get surgery on it and then it actually I feel like was a good thing because I got to retrain like completely Mm. and kind of start from the beginning, which was kind of cool. So it's kind of like I was learning to do ballet all over again. Um, But I feel like it helped me improve in those weak areas and gave me the chance to focus on those like little tiny details. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes a situation like that, having an injury or for example, like going through quarantine was such Mm -hmm. an eye-opening experience for a lot of dancers because it forced them to take those steps back, whether those steps were resting more, whether those steps were just going back to basics, going back to beginner, two hands at the bar type of work. Um, So helpful for like regaining perspective and like, and rebuilding Mm -hmm. that framework that maybe you kind of needed to just like slow down and you know, prevent another injury. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when I, I kind of had my surgery right before everything closed down, which was kind of crazy because I was actually supposed to have my surgery scheduled for like a few days past when I actually had it. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a crazy thing that happened because I got it scheduled a few days before and, um, got it done and everything. And then those couple days later, everything shut down. So if I would have had my surgery at that first date that it was set, like I wouldn't have been able to have it, which was kind of crazy. Gosh. So it was like right when everything closed. And then thankfully right. my PT stayed open. Mm-hmm. So I was still able to go to PT, which was really awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really took that time to just focus on myself and 
focus on recovering. Um, but yeah, that was a de- definitely a struggle, a, a long process, but yeah. it's, it's good now. It definitely paid off. <laughs> Absolutely. So Kenzie, that brings me to my next question is, mm-hmm. was there ever a point, a specific point in your training where you started to connect the dots between like, Hey, what I'm fueling my body with is having some bit of an impact on, you know, how I'm performing on stage, my recovery and so forth. Yes. So kind of like what we talked about when I got into ballet kind of late, when I got to masters, it was such a positive environment. Mm. And I feel like Sovereign Irena, the teachers there were very encouraging and were you focusing more on, you know, how your body felt physically in regards to, yes. you know, like when I was in the school, you know, I was just like fueling my body just whenever I needed to. But then yeah. once I got into the professional world, I realized how important that is. And I started to notice too, like in rehearsals, um, if I wouldn't stay hydrated or if I wouldn't snack, it would totally affect me throughout the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I would go to rehearsal and just be exhausted or not have energy or my legs would cramp, my feet would cramp. And once I got into that world, I was like, okay, I really need to like take care of myself and like make sure I'm fueling my body. Um, And especially with the strenuous schedule, you know, because like when you're training, you do dance a lot. But once you get into the professional world, it's a whole different level. You know, one thing that I'm getting from this is, uh, first of all, the um the gap from being a student to being a professional very common what you experience in regards to for whatever reason it might be a lot of times students they don't have the priority of like i need to fuel my body in this such way mainly because sometimes it's being done for them whether that's with like their guardian parent their teachers their schools or studios whatever it might be you get into the professional world and a lot of this or for a lot of dancers it might be getting into like the collegiate dance world everything now is on you it's your responsibility and what it sounds like is that you needed um it was almost like a slap in the face because you need you realize like okay, I have to start not just hydrating, but you mentioned specifically snacking throughout the day. I have to have this very proactive approach to make sure I'm giving my body enough. And like, that's a big thing is that a lot of dancers will not even realize it. Um, I know I focus a lot on my account in regards to uh, restrictive eating habits, but a lot of dancers will fall under this category of unintentional under eating, where it's just like, you're dancing all day, you're super busy, you're not necessarily feeling or thinking about your hunger cues. And then all of a sudden you are bonking out, or we call this like hitting the wall, extremely fatigued. And it sounds like for you, you know, you, you had to realize like, I need to eat pretty frequently throughout the day in order to prevent that from happening. Right. And actually, right before I went to master's, um, I struggled with hypoglycemia. Before that, though, you know, I'd have my mom making me food and everything. So I didn't have to worry about those things, like you said. But once I got into um, the professional world, it was a really big slap in the face. Like, okay, I really need to, like, make sure I'm taking care of myself. And especially with Nutcracker, um, had a ton of electrolytes and yeah. made sure I was snacking. And it was just such a, a game changer in my performance and the energy I had. And I really think, you know, food is so important in the dancer's life. And it's, sure. you know, for our job, you know, we're using our bodies. So it's like important that we take care of them the best we can. Absolutely. And so much of that means 
eating enough, which yes. is what can really fall to the waistline for a lot of mm -hmm. busy dancers who just don't realize it, that performance week can totally snowball. That's another point I want to bring up is like mm -hmm. the need for hydration, the need for snacking. It's not just in the moment for that one performance, but it's also like setting you up for tomorrow's performance and, you know, the next day's performance. So just really being on top of that. Mm -hmm. So my next question for you is, Obviously, dancers hyper-focused mindset when it comes to ballet, especially, and you probably experienced this more when you started with that uh, pre-professional training. Curious to hear about how you now in your professional career are able to integrate a bit more balance into your day so that you're not too tunnel vision on just your training. I want to say one thing that was nice for me is actually starting kind of late in the ballet world. Mm -hmm. um, when I went to um masters you know there were so many girls that started so young and ended up getting burnt out and yeah and I kind of started in that later stage you know I didn't have any of that any of those issues um and even now like there are times where you know I'm working so much and I do struggle to get burnt out at times but that's when you know you have to remember that there's other things to life besides dance mm -hmm. and um one of my favorite things to do is spending time with my family that's probably like one of my most favorite things um but they're not here in Florida so you know I have to use FaceTime yeah um, which is still a close second um but I also spend a lot of time with my friends um it's such a good group here at Orlando Ballet. I feel like we all get along so well and we're really close. So, yeah. you know, on the weekends, we actually do spend a lot of time together. Um, but I also enjoy just, like, anything athletic, which I feel like is kind of funny because when I'm dancing all week long, you know, you're taking such a toll on your body. But I, I love to golf and um, kind of just do those fun things I like to bowl for fun and just mm -hmm. you know kind of do those like little fun things where you're still staying active because I just like to um get up and be productive I love that you're using other outlets in regards to whether that's uh, you know activities being with friends mm -hmm. spending time with family you know having time for those other outlets because a lot of dancers right. especially the younger dancers will um you know think that they just have to prioritize dance and that's it and while right. it's important to prioritize dance and make sure you are um you know diligent and motivated with it we also don't want it to be a source of burnout i feel like that's why so many young dancers burn out though because yeah. that's just their only focus and it, it just takes a toll on you mentally and physically. Um, but thankfully I, you know, my parents also helped me with that. You know, they would always tell me like, make sure you do other things besides dancing, especially when I moved away too, just to like prioritize other things and family time and just doing hobbies that I like, because, you know, you don't want to have just one Thing that you're focusing on or else it's going to take a toll you know on you mentally and physically down the road mm -hmm. um, if you take time to have balance then it helps your dancing in the long run having other experiences in life mm -hmm. are all of the experiences you need to bring to the stage you know Definitely. what I mean because if you're picking up a different role if you are uh, you know dance is an expression of of ourselves. It's an expression of a story that all, you know, a previously written story, either way, you're having to put your, put a character and intertwine them within yourself. And I think having other experiences through life only helps to add like depth to your artistry. Right. You are so right.
<laughs> so my next question for you is do you have any pre-performance rituals that you like to do before you get on stage i use my heating pad on like my mm. calves and i feel like if i don't use it on my calves before i go on stage then just nothing goes right so my I final question that i ask everybody on here is how would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer oh that is a good question <laughs> prioritizing you know, your health and making sure that you are putting your body first and listening to yourself and making sure that you are fueling your body throughout the day. Because I feel like, you know, that's like probably one of the most important things to being a healthy dancer. And, you know, also just like not overdoing it if your body's hurting to listen to it. I've learned that, you know, throughout the years with my hip too, kind of bugging me, I would push it to the edge and then I ended up having to get um, surgery on it. So yeah. that kind of has taught me throughout, you know, those few years to really listen to myself and make sure that I'm putting myself first. Making sure that you are tuning in, listening to your body is a big mm -hmm. one. Making sure that you're eating enough. Sometimes yeah. listening to hunger cues can be really tough during the day, during a busy mm -hmm. performance schedule. So making sure that you're balancing that, you know, proactive approach, but also listening to your body's needs, especially when it comes to rest and knowing what your body's mm -hmm. signs are, um, instead of pushing it, you know, to the point of injury. Definitely. Yeah. So Mackenzie, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor getting to talk to you. And um, I just love your page and everything that you're doing for the whole dance community. It's really awesome. I appreciate that so much. I'm honored to chat with you tonight and we will be in touch.